Hey, I'm Megan Copeland. And I'm Kendra Bartlett, and this is the His Beloved of Texas podcast. So we're two moms that live across the street from each other. Together, we have 10 kids, and we love our Catholic faith. We lead a women's group in Austin, Texas called His Beloved of Texas, where our goal is just to bring women to sit at the feet of Jesus. This podcast was born out of the pandemic. We were stuck at home and still wanted to minister, and so we decided to start sharing stories of how God has worked in our lives and in the lives of our friends. And here we are today, season three. Three. And our hope for this podcast is that you hear stories of joy, stories of heartache, but through all of it, you see Jesus and you know that there's hope. There's hope for us because God is walking every step of the way. We laugh, we cry, we say some crazy things. What is the thing you want to tell us, Kendra? Oh, I really enjoy folding fitted sheets. (laughs) And I think that's crazy. (laughs) We're so glad you're here. Join us. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm Megan and we are starting our new series right now. This series is on the Eucharistic revival that the bishops in America have called for. They met at the end of November and it's it's been a long time in the making. I think some people thought it was a new idea they came up with this year, but there was actually a Pew Research study that came out before the pandemic in probably the end of 2019. And it said that only one third of Catholics truly understand the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and believe that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist. And I remember when this came out, it shook us uh, to our core. Honestly, Kendra and I and the entire His Beloved team were really just taken aback by it and decided that we wanted to start a retreat for children and families and focus on the Eucharist. and. We had this all planned and we had people registered to come. And then, of course, COVID hit and everything got canceled. It was supposed to be in April of 2020. And so we never did it. And then I think we all kind of forgot for a little while um, about that study. And then the Eucharist was taken away from us altogether for a while. And I remember sitting in my house and I was a theology teacher for a Catholic high school at the time. And Think, and I would have these Zoom calls with these teenagers, and I would talk to them about what is it going to feel like when we get to go back, when we get to receive Jesus again. And I had these visions of people just kind of like bursting in the church doors and receiving Him and being so excited to have that experience again, to truly be in union with Him. And then that's not the way the churches opened back up. They opened up very slowly, and people came back very slowly and with lots of really good safety measures in place. But sadly, a lot of churches are still pretty empty. And so it seems like just the perfect time for Eucharistic revival. It seems like the perfect time to point people to Jesus. And so for the next several weeks, that's going to be our focus. We're bringing in different priests. We're talking about just different charism those priests have, um, what it's like to be a priest, but also the Eucharist and how we can be a part of this Eucharistic revival that the church is calling for. So it's going to be a three-year process, and it starts on the Feast of Corpus Christi, which is in June. And the first year is going to be diocesan levels. They're going to do 
big events with Eucharistic processions in the streets of cities and like in downtown Austin and downtown Chicago and all these beautiful places and maybe even in neighborhoods. And they're going to have big adoration events, which is perfect because that's what we love at His Beloved. And I even heard um, it called a mercy night, adoration with confession and, and really just give people a chance to encounter Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament because adoration is such a beautiful, beautiful experience of intimacy with the Lord. And then the second phase is going to be a church level where they're going to have, you know, just events for people at the church and volunteers from the church level will be able to help bring people into this new mission. And then the third level is family level, small group. Like we start out really big and we get smaller and smaller and more intimate. And then it becomes something that we can journey together with. And I just love this vision. Uh, I think it's amazing because a lot of times we have a year for, you know, whatever in the church, but not a lot happens. And there is so much that's going to happen with this. They have a plan, they're putting it in place. And so here at His Beloved, we just want to support that however we can. So today we have Father Paul Michael Piega, and he is so much fun, you guys. He has some really out there fun ways that he evangelizes the people of his little town that he lives in, and we get to talk all about it, so I won't tell you right now, but he is the pastor of St. Patrick in Hutto, Texas, and Hutto is a small town outside of Austin, and they are the Hutto Hippos, and it's the cutest town you've ever seen. Almost every business establishment has a sculpture of a hippo in front of it, and my kids love to go by and count all the hippos they can find, and it's just a sweet little town, and this church has been through a lot over the last couple of years. They went an entire year without a priest. That's a lot. That's a hard year for a parish. And um, they had another priest come in who was fantastic, and then he was moved somewhere else. And then now they have Father Piega, who is just revitalizing this parish. And it's been so much fun for us to watch. And I spent a lot of time there in the last week. And all throughout the church, there are little signs that say, like, you're welcome here. This is your family. You're loved. And he just has this vision of creating a church family. And he tells us all about it. And you're going to love it. All right, guys. Enjoy. Hey, Kendra. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good. We are like taking the podcast on the road. Yeah, we are. I walked into St. Patrick's Church with my basket of microphones. Uh, laundry basket. <laughs> laundry basket. <laughs> we need to yes. clarify. Kendra yes. goes, you need a new basket, Megan. <laughs> That's in the budget. Yeah, it's okay. It's, yeah. it's okay. We'll get there at some point. Yeah. So we have a fantastic guest with us today. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I am Father Paul Michael Piega. And the pastor of St. Patrick's in Hutto yes. in the Diocese of Austin. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I heard you called this week the Lego priest. <laughs> yes, I've been known as many things, and one of them, yes, is the Lego priest. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Yeah, Megan yeah. was like, I took the kids over to see the Lego nativity, and I was like, oh, cool, that's neat. I thought it was just a little one. <laughs> and then she brought me in. I was like, oh, my I know. Goodness. I wish it's I would incredible. have taken a, a picture of your face because you were like, what? <laughs> Uh, yes, that that's actually the joy of of why the Lord called me to build with Lego. Actually, uh-huh. because my dad uh, was an architect, and growing up for me, I just loved building with Lego, and mm-hmm. as many kids do, right? And uh-huh. and I, you know, just started realizing like what 
great way to evangelize and to build with Lego, but also make these scenes yeah. and, and have it. a Lego nativity scene. I love and it. So, yeah. I need to bring Faustina yeah. to talk with you because yeah. she's my Lego girl. We watch, as a family, we watch Lego Masters. Yes. Oh, Such a good fun. show. That is. A... Um, but now she dreams of becoming a Lego designer and working for Lego. And wow. It's really but fun. she does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That or an archaeologist. So. <laughs> well, yes. and there's a sign out on the road that yes. says says something like, "Do you like Legos? Come yeah. in and see yeah. the Lego nativity scene." It pretty much. I yep. love it. Yep. Great, yeah, great way fantastic. to evangelize. Yep. And the, yes, there is a baby Lego, baby Lego, and so that's baby the, Lego Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, yeah, tiny. baby Lego Jesus. It's the cutest little <laughs> thing ever. Tiny. I saw it just now when we were coming <laughs> Pay in. Pay closer attention. Well, that's and great. I love the little signs that said, "Would you like to be an altar server?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was so my nine-year-old boy is like fully enthralled with the Legos. I was like, "Yes, read that sign." Like, yes. Read that sign. Yes, there are little signs and billboards. <laughs> yes. So the the whole concept for those who are listening, it's I, you know, was thinking about what great way. You know, we have all these nativity scenes, and why not a Lego nativity scene? And so the first level is literally like the crush and mm-hmm. so you have i think right now the three kings are out there uh presenting their gifts to lego baby jesus right and <laughs> then i had shepherd's feel i didn't include it this year but usually i have a little jordan river and jesus being baptized because that oh wow that's cool yeah and you know the christmas season right and then i had bethlehem on the other side so and then the more modern version is to build a lego city and so i try to make it uh, very similar to a Lego city of Hutto or mm-hmm. uh-huh. the city of Austin, right? And so I built a building of our current building of our church here. And obviously there's a big Lego hippo there. Yes, uh, that's how there's I... a <laughs> Hutto hippos here. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, just different modular buildings is what they're called. Yeah. And and then, the of course, you got to include Star Wars. So, yes. <laughs> so the original, well, I, I guess it's the third level. And um, I... The last time I actually started it was at St. Albert, mm-hmm. the great. I was, that was where I was assigned two years ago as the associate pastor there. And so the whole concept was the fact that the good Star Wars characters were defending the life star, right, as opposed to the death star. Oh, right? wow. And so the life star is the Bethlehem star. And so yeah. I had it all aligned. So you had the Bethlehem star and then, you know, our current modern church building and then Mm -hmm. the crash so that's cool so that's why it's quite extensive and there's about thirty thousand bricks there so it was that's so cool i know the whole time eli kept going how much do you think this costs and he was like (laughs) trying to do the math and i'm like buddy just 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 enjoy (laughs) just enjoy it he was totally amazed i need to explain all that to him yeah Yeah. do you do you have a most memorable build that you've done in your life Ooh, yeah actually the I actually need to bring it back. Um, I actually built our home when I lived in in Dallas, in the Dallas area. And so that was pretty memorable build. Uh, I should bring that back, actually. So would you just go to a Lego store and get the specific pieces? It doesn't all come in a box? It it depends. So so one can either research it and and go to Google, right, Mm -hmm. Um, and go on eBay. So there's certain pieces that you can only acquire through other Lego builders that mm. they have. Oh. Yeah. And so, specialized. Little black yeah. market, little Lego black market. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about black market. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all out in public, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, there's, because there's certain pieces that you can only find um, out there. Yeah. Right? And because if you go to the Lego store, there's certain bricks that you can only get um, from that set mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So, but 
but you know, to bring it, you know, there has to be a spiritual component as right, well. So, right. so one of the spiritual components um, that the Lord really asked me to do during, so I build it during Advent, right? Mm-hmm. As a season of preparation and time to, to prepare the, for the Lord's coming. And yeah. so what the Lord asked me is to give some sets to families. And so, mm-hmm. so essentially yeah. I asked them to build these sets together, but also build with a, an intention, right? And so I know one of my recurring intentions is, is for folks who view or see the Lego nativity scene is to, to have a childlike faith again. Mm, um, and, but also to bring the joy of, of yes. the newborn king in, back into our lives, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and so I kind of wish your reaction was recorded because that, <laughs> that brings me joy yeah. seeing adults and kids alike just being filled with, with the joy of, of the Lord, right? Our Savior mm, being born yeah. for us. And so, um, so that's the spiritual component that every year I always have a particular intention when I build a a set or a building or um, ask families to build. And some of those, those sets there are from our youth too. So so they're part of it as well. I just think about little boys that come to see that. Uh What an imprint it makes on their hearts Mm -hmm. for future vocations. Like he gets filled with Legos and he's a priest. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have the Lego um, last supper? I it's not technically don't. Lego. It's yeah. like off-brand it's ghetto off-brand. Lego. Yeah. But we have it, and it's really fun. Oh, cool. I think we lost we all, lost of, a lot of, pieces. all of the hair. Like, the apostles <laughs> have no hair. There might be, like, two apostles that still have hair left. But it was really fun, and my That's son loved it. I think yeah. we also have an Easter one, too, or yeah. some other um, Catholic neat. one. But they're yeah. fun. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. That's yeah, fun. come Lent and Holy Week, I usually publish some Lego scenes. Yeah. Especially okay. for Easter. Okay, yeah. we'll have to come week, back yeah. by. Yes, yeah. for sure. That's so neat. Yeah. Okay. okay, you ready for some questions? Yes, I am. Okay. What smells better, fresh baked bread or fresh cut grass? Whoa. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard question. Can I say both and? Yeah, <laughs> you can, kind of like... actually. <laughs> <laughs> they both smell really good. Yeah, no, I, I love the smell of fresh cut grass. There's just... I, it, just a naturalness, uh-huh. you know, of of things being put back to order. I would say I, I'm a liturgist, so that's why I like when that. I when I say like putting things back to order, it, it makes sense because that's yeah what we do in the sacred liturgy. But also, it's a reflection of God and and mm. God's beauty, right? Um, when things are ordered, it's beautiful, mm-hmm. right? And and then the fresh bread, that's. Oh, nothing smells so good than fresh right. bread too, especially you get some honey and butter. Mm. Oh yeah. Yes. My grandmother yeah. used to have a, a bread machine and mm-hmm. anytime we would come over, she'd have fresh bread and it would be right. gone oh. yeah. so fast. Right. And then of course we're not hungry for dinner that she makes, but right. Right. butter and honey, that's the way to go. Yeah. Oh, that's all you so need. good. Our warm, warm bread. And maybe just to speak with, um, about the fresh bread smell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was blessed with the opportunity to, to study in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. And for my Italian immersion experience, this is a two months prior to actually studying in Italian with theology cal- classes, right? And so yeah. everything's in Italian, which is quite difficult at studying first. Studying theology in Italian. In Italian that yeah. sounds hard. It, it was very challenging, yes. Uh, but we have an immersion experience prior to that, and we're with a host family. And I was blessed with the opportunity to study uh, Italian in Siena. And I don't know if y'all heard about this Eucharistic miracle, but there's a Eucharistic miracle in Siena where there, um, there are these, I think, less than 100 hosts, 
that still till this day, when you open up the the ciborium, essentially the so the holder of where the hosts are, are located in, it smells like fresh bread. Really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I've never heard of that. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just quite a beautiful wow. Eucharistic miracle that till this day, centuries later, that yeah. the, the Eucharist is still smelling like the good old fresh life. bread and bread of life. Yep. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, so. That is so neat. That's yeah. so neat. Um, would you rather explore Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory or <laughs> Jurassic Park? Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness. Wow. <laughs> These are great questions. <laughs> Let's see. Probably the Chocolate Factory because I won't die. <laughs> right. I mean, you <laughs> might. Or I might die with joy. You might get sucked up the tube and then, yeah, you know. They didn't all make it out. <laughs> that is true. That is true. They didn't make it out. <laughs> but you're virtuous, just like Charlie was virtuous. Right. And so yeah. uh, made it to the there end. You go. So yeah. survive. I believe in you. Yeah. That's funny. Um, okay, so as a priest, yes. father of many. Yes. Do you have any dad jokes up your sleeve? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, not up my sleeve, but okay. sometimes they might make an appearance. Have you been known to throw yeah, them out there? Throw, yeah. Every now and then they'll come out. So. Okay. But yes, I don't have any up my sleeve right now. Okay. okay. Just make sure you're using them because that's, that's a powerful that's weapon powerful. right there. Yes, yes. Um, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do on your off time if you have any? I know you're incredibly busy. Yes. No, it, what do you like to do? I do. I enjoy, um, let's see, lately, obviously building with Lego. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is another one is I, I've been enjoying working out again. Um, so oh. growing up, I used to do Taekwondo. Oh, cool. And I'm actually a third degree black belt. Really? In Taekwondo. And, but as of late, it's, you know, as, as, the body's getting older. I can't really do some of those those moves as much mm -hmm. as I can. And so, but lately I've been enjoying um, like strength training and working mm -hmm. out um, in that way. So that's been been great. Um, what else do I like? I used to play the piano, but I want to pick that back up again. Oh, yeah. Great. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So little stuff like that. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. you got tricks up your sleeve other than dad jokes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay. Last one. And this is one that I'm really curious about because it's mm -hmm. already come up so much in our conversation just okay. in the 20 minutes we've, you know been here in the mm -hmm. building how do you hear the holy spirit mm. Mm. that's a great question that's a good question so first is prayer <laughs> <laughs> how to, like yeah. you specifically yes yeah yeah, yeah. oh that's that's a good question for me personally obviously it begins with prayer right mm -hmm. and as many of us know prayer is a conversation mm -hmm. with with god and it's a two-way street right mm -hmm. and yeah. so um for me how I hear the Holy Spirit is is really in the silence. I know that's ironic, and <laughs> it's, but it but it's so true because um, I'm just recalling of just one of my spiritual mothers is Saint Mother Teresa, mm -hmm. and um, she has I'm now misquoting her, but she has a beautiful um, saying that when you see and experience creation itself. Everything grows in silence. Yeah. So like, the trees grow in silence. Animals grow in silence, right? And even babies in their mother's womb, they grow in silence, essentially, yeah. until they're, they're born, right? But we're also part of creation, and we too should grow in silence to be able to experience the love of, of God and, and to be able to hear the Holy Spirit in, in the silence, in the midst of the silence. And... And so for me, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And 
I mean, I could share with y'all my vocation story yes. and if this is we the right transition. Okay. Sure, Let's go for it. Uh, Let's yeah, yeah. So yeah. for me, you know, I actually was, was first off born in Queens, New York, right? Really? So, yeah. I was born That's in Queens, cool. New York and in Astoria, actually. And so yeah. I'm a big fan of the Marvel Universe, especially awesome. Spider-Man. So, because yeah. um, he's from Queens. That's so and, cool. uh, Yeah. And growing up in, in New York, uh, my family and I, uh, or my family, my parents decided to move to Texas when I was eight years old. And it was, you know, went to Catholic school for a little bit and then public school. And it wasn't until um, I went off to college and I was blessed with the opportunity to study at Texas A&M, but also mm-hmm. the campus ministry uh, student center there at St. Mary's mm-hmm. had a big role in my life. Um but at the same time, I was thinking very worldly. <laughs> a lot of my family is part of the medical field. So uh, my both my parents were in the medical field. My dad worked in the OR and the ER as a tech, and my mom is a nurse, and my sister is a NICU nurse. And so mm-hmm. one can imagine my destiny was to be a doctor, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, um, and so I really desired to become a doctor in some way to really provide healthcare and to, to care for people and to help them get better and um, physically, right, in, in many ways. And and so, but the Lord had other plans for me, right? And and it wasn't until I went on a silent retreat, actually. Mm-hmm. So this is why the silence has been a running th- theme in my life. And I went on a five-day silent retreat out in Burnett, Texas. So mm-hmm. in our diocese, we have a retreat center out there called Eagle's Wings. Yeah. And it's quite quite awesome. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to go to a silent retreat, because I was blessed with the opportunity to be in leadership. Um, freshman year, I was blessed to be elected as the vice president of the class. And then sophomore, I was the sophomore class president. And at A&M? At A&M. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so, cool. so had a lot of responsibility. Yes. <laughs> and, but at the same time, it was such a hard, difficult balance to try to balance you know, being a leader, but also at that time I was a biology major, and so mm. I had physics and organic chemistry. I'm married and labs to a man and... with a biology degree. I oh, understand. Yes. I always say yeah. we would not have gotten married if I'd lived in the same city with him when he was in school because he didn't yeah. have time for me. Right, right. No, and that's the yeah. thing. And wow. and I realized I didn't. I liked science, but I didn't love science oh, to yeah. that extent. And mm. so, so then you know, I really just started questioning, like, what is my purpose in this life, and, and where am I? supposed to be going and so went on a silent retreat and sure enough on the last day on the fifth day we were celebrating mass and after receiving our lord in the holy eucharist you know we have that that time to meditate and contemplate but also remain and rest in that silence because we just received our Mm -hmm. lord jesus Uh, and kid you not again silent retreat i heard this voice in my prayer Will you tend my sheep? Will you feed my sheep? And will you lead my sheep? Oh. Yeah. Wow. So I'm looking to my left and right. And I'm like, no one said anything. <laughs> who said like, that? who said that? <laughs> exactly. And sure enough, you know, it was the Lord. It was That's the Lord awesome. and with the Holy Spirit helping me yeah. to understand that. And then from that point on, it was just a moment of recognizing that, okay. So I'm called to do something, um, mm-hmm. and were these words meant to literally like feed a family mm-hmm. and lead mm-hmm. a family? Um, have my own, you know, many uh, 
Paul Michaels, right? And, <laughs> um, and I desired that, right, to, yeah. to have a family and, and to provide in that way. Or was I called to be a spiritual father, right, and, and mm-hmm. to provide for many many spiritual kids, right, yeah, and yeah. so on and so forth. And, and so it was just a beautiful um, start of the journey that the Lord initially called me. And, and it was after that moment I just started praying more and trying to listen to the Holy Spirit in the silence, right, yeah. as well. And, um, and it was interesting because I start, started discerning the Jesuits, religious order, because oh, wow. yeah. uh, growing up, I, I, I loved to travel. I mean, I competed in Taekwondo, and so I really enjoyed traveling. And I knew the Jesuits were travelers because they, <laughs> they were proclaiming the gospel, right, mm-hmm. and, and missionaries. So I was very nostalgic and wanted to to be a Jesuit in that way. And then I realized after going to a few come and sees and, and visiting, um, I realized that currently a lot of Jesuits are, are, are teachers, right? And mm-hmm. no offense to teachers. And I know many, <laughs> probably some of our list, a lot of our listeners are teachers. And okay. um, But I, I'm going to share this because the Lord, we don't know the Lord's ways. And so, so when I was discerning, I didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> right? yeah. I didn't want to be in a classroom the rest yeah. of my life. And um, and that's what a lot of Jesuits are mm-hmm. yeah. right now. And so after that, I realized that, okay, the Lord is calling me to become a diocesan priest mm-hmm. and to be with the people of God at the parish. And so, yeah, so after that, I graduated from A&M and then applied for seminary and got accepted. And then entered seminary. I was in Louisiana for uh-huh. two years uh, studying philosophy and acquired a philosophy degree. And then afterwards... Um, the Lord uh, really gave me uh, a lot of, uh, how should I say this? <laughs> Let's just say when you try to tell the Lord your plans and oh. he laughs, right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what happened. Actually, that's what happened. And, and so, um, so after my two years in Louisiana, I get a call from Bishop Vasquez, our current bishop, and he asks if I would like, if I can study for the seminary in theology in Rome, but in particular at the Gregorian University, which is taught by the Jesuits. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. Full yeah. circle. Yeah, full circle. <laughs> so coming so on full circle. And so, yeah, yeah so I accepted and got, and got accepted. And so lived in, in Italy for for five to six years and five and a half years, really. And, and then this was really funny because after acquiring the theology degree mm-hmm. at the Gregorian, Again, under the Jesuits, Bishop Vasquez again gives me a call and asks if I could continue further studies okay. in the sacred liturgy. Oh. And and so I accepted and said yes. And and then what's hilarious is is the fact that this degree is a teaching degree. So <laughs> so now I have the license to teach sacred theology and liturgy. And it's just really funny how so funny. it's all back in full circle. And now I, I actually do love to teach yeah. uh, the faith and especially God definitely has the a liturgy. sense of humor. He yes. does. So how many years of yeah. schooling is that? A lot. <laughs> a lot. I was like trying a to do lot. the math. Yeah. Yeah. It's four years of college. Just, and yeah. Four years of college. Is... And then um, since I had an undergrad degree, it's another two years. So okay, two years. the church and her wisdom wants us to study philosophy. Mm-hmm. So that okay. way we can just understand how people think really um, yeah. in general. And and because a lot of a lot of things that are happening right now have occurred in the past, and it's right. just in different forms and different ways, it's presented right. And 
And so to have a good foundation philosophy, and then it depends, it could be another three to four years for theology. Wow. And then for further studies, it's another two to three years. So, wow. yeah, yeah. So let's just say I'm, I'm glad to be back home and, <laughs> and sharing this great wisdom that I received yeah. and experiences that I that was blessed to experience with, with you all. Yeah. So how long have you been at this parish? About six months or longer? No. So I'm actually getting close to my year. A year. Okay. So I was assigned on March 15th. Okay. March 15th. Okay. Yeah, so two days before our solemnity, St. Patrick's oh, Day. Oh, that's so yeah. great. Yeah, so that. March 17th. So I told Kendra earlier, I was like, I feel like I stalk this parish a little bit because I follow <laughs> it on, on Instagram and Facebook, and I was like telling her all the things that have happened here. But more than that, I have a lot of friends who attend here, mm-hmm. and I've seen a lot of people come and join the church, and there's a revitalization happening here. Oh, yes. I see it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And even though I've never like stepped in the building, but I, I just, from what I hear and for the way this spirit is moving here within the parish, but also within family. Amen. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And as we were looking at the plan that the bishops have put together for this Eucharistic revival, I thought, I feel like that's what's happening at St. Patrick's. And it it was after we even asked you to be on the podcast that I kind of made that connection of like, it's already happening here. And I think part of what I'm amazed by is that you have this idea of like family catechesis, Mm -hmm. but family doesn't just mean parents with children. Mm -hmm. It's like a church family Mm -hmm. atmosphere and bringing everyone in together with community, Mm -hmm. but focused around theology and the Eucharist. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? I may have totally butchered it, but that's my perception. Wow. Thank you for that affirmation. I mean, again, it's, it's just beautiful to be open to and to the Lord, right? I mm-hmm. think I think one of the things that, that I've received just in prayer, we've all been through a lot you know, right. this last <laughs> two years. I know for me personally, um, this this day, so we're, we're recording this on January 11th, is actually would have been my father's 65th birthday. And wow. so um, just how beautiful the Lord works in, in mysterious ways. And, and I say that because... I received a beautiful grace during my priesthood ordination, and and I don't know if many of you know, but my father actually passed away mm-hmm. months before my priesthood ordination, and oh, so yeah, he yeah. passed away on February second, which was liturgically speaking, mm-hmm. and the calendar is the presentation of the Lord in the temple, temple. and mm-hmm. the Lord in His goodness provided me another grace, and so. February 2nd was also the first, was the birthday of my first baptism, right? Wow. That I got to celebrate with one of my cousins who had a baby and she was born, her name's Madeline, was born on February 2nd. And mm-hmm. so so that's just how the Lord works. He just works in those yeah. ways. And then the grace that I would like to just share with, with y'all very briefly was that at my priesthood ordination, again, my father wasn't physically there, and one of the beautiful things that our formators, so our teachers and professors in the seminary, really like to share with us right before ordination is ask the Father whatever you want at the moment of the rite of ordination where you're laying prostrate on the ground during the litany of saints. And that's a beautiful moment where you're laying down your life mm-hmm. for God. Yeah. And what good father would give their son, you know, a snake when he asked for bread or, right? And and so ask, ask the father whatever you want and he'll 
give it to you. And, and mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, I, I just really wanted to know if my dad was okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I kid you not, it was heard his voice in the midst of the Lady of Saints. And I knew it was his oh. voice because, because my dad would call me by a particular name. And so growing up, I was known as Mikey, <laughs> and, but my dad would call me Mike. And so it was more intentional mm-hmm. and more specific. And that was the name he would call out to cheer for me when I was fighting yeah. in Taekwondo and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And so, but I knew it was his voice because he called me by that name, but then also he had a Filipino accent, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm Filipino like and, yeah. and so it's particular, it's very particular. Yeah. And, and so simply he just said, Mike, this is your day. Thank you. I love you. And I'm okay. Oh, and it was during just, the litany of saints. During the litany of saints. And so obviously like there was floodgates rolling yes. and, and I left a puddle on that, that, <laughs> that floor there. And, yeah. but it was just a beautiful grace. But then, but going back to your question, Megan is the family, right? And when we think about our salvation history, um, but even just the importance of family life, family, the family unit is the sole unit of society. Mm-hmm. And then I would even say the sole unit of the family is the marriage mm-hmm. between a man and a woman. And if you, if we have holy marriages, we have holy families, and then we'll have a society that is, that is striving for holiness. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so the Lord has really placed on my heart that let's go back to, to really just forming families mm-hmm. and, and, you know, every family has its difficulties and challenges, but that's how life is, right? But but as a parish family, that's been our main emphasis here is, is no, you are part of the family and, mm-hmm. and you're part of God's family mm-hmm. as well. And and I think we need to return back to that. Um, yeah. You know, the, the church was started in a family, actually in a marriage, where we have Adam and Eve. And then Salvation history ends with with the family, which is Jesus and his bride, the church, as mm-hmm. well. And so to really go back to how do we, even just the basic things, like how do we pray together as a family? How do we communicate? You know, nowadays it's, everyone's looking down on their phones and yeah. and we don't even know how to communicate to one another anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the thing. I, the Lord really just placed on my heart is that the fact that I want you to form families, and mm-hmm. and and I think it's just again just surrendering. And the reason why I said a lot of us have been through a lot, and I think for the first time we had to surrender not having control mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. many things. Yeah. And and I think that's where the Lord is is inviting us in this time in our lives right now uh, is to really just surrender and mm-hmm. and just. Just say yes to the Lord, and He's going to provide for us, and mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And so it's just been such a joy. Um, and thank you for just sharing that affirmation. And yeah, and it's exciting, right? It really is exciting yeah. just to to see when when you just give your yes to God, and mm-hmm. the Lord just multiplies it. Yeah, yeah, in many so ways. Spirit yeah, that it moves. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, it's interesting. Kendra and I were having this conversation yesterday. I think about. We're just kind of thinking of ways we can help revitalize our own parishes right. and bring, you know, just like kind of bring this to fruition, what the bishops mm-hmm. are asking for. And we were talking about 
your church because mm-hmm. we see this happening. Mm-hmm. Like we see this beautiful movement that's happening here. And we were talking about kind of the intergenerational aspect of it. And I said, you know, I've been at St. Albert the Great for about five or six months now. And I have an amazing community there. And I like deeply, deeply holy people, but not a single one of them has children. My friends are grandmothers or, you know, empty nesters or young adults. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how weird that I haven't connected with anybody with families. And the more like the Lord started stirring in my heart, it was like, you guys are all meant to do ministry together because when you're in the trenches with little ones, mm-hmm. you don't have time to to do a lot of ministry. But right. then we can kind of pour into one another so that mm-hmm. the people ahead of us can pour into us, the younger people can pour right. into us. And then it kind of rotates. And then now the young adults are having children. Mm-hmm. And then we get to be the empty nesters and we get to pour yeah. into the next generation. Right. But if we keep everybody separate, then we're missing out on this beautiful mentorship mm-hmm. and community that, that can take right. place. And even to the extent of, it's so funny the way the Lord is working in our, our lives right now. I found a new spiritual director and um, she's a, a, kind of my mentor, a stage ahead of me in life. Her daughter is a young adult and she's a good friend of mine. And so I'm kind of mentoring her. Well, then my daughter has asked her to be her confirmation sponsor. Oh, so beautiful. it's like a three tier level yeah. of mentorship that's going on. Yeah. And it's like, we couldn't have created that if we tried. Like it's only the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But I see that with what you're doing. And I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure. And and that's that's the thing. It's we, we try to make it very complex, mm-hmm. but our Lord is also very simple. Right? I mean, when, <laughs> when you think about some of the things that he says in sacred scripture, he, he just says, follow me. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And, and, and that's the thing. And if we're, and, the, and maybe just to, to speak, that's just the fruit of, of just prayer and really mm-hmm. just going back to the basics. I think one of the things that, that was placed on my heart throughout seminary formation was the Lord just simply said, you become one of my priests, provide my mercy. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really took that to heart and, mm-hmm. and quite literally. And I think there's a beautiful correlation with parishes that provide the sacraments daily um, for a reason, because the Lord's mercy and his love and his grace is, is being bestowed upon his people every day. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is offering confessions every mm-hmm. day, right? Or even, you know, just the holy sacrifice of the mass every mm-hmm. day. Um, so that's, those are kind of the basics that I, the Lord invited me to, or just really just spoke to me and just said, do this. And I go, okay. And, yeah. and then, and then just to speak to just the family dynamics, right? That's, that's where we, live out our lives is in the the family right Mm -hmm. and and thinking about it spiritually i have this phrase that i don't like to use the word that starts with o (laughs) right (laughs) and and so it's for those who are wise right so maybe y'all are starting to get the hint but uh but but that's the thing it's it's there's so many we have a lot of prisoners who are of the one of Aunt Jan is her name is what we call her here, and, uh, and it's funny. definitely a family, right? And so, uh, and she she says that they're vintage, right? They're vintage. So they're vintage. <laughs> I like that. But, uh, but but that's the thing. But uh, we have to share our wisdom with mm-hmm. one another, our experiences right. with another, and I think that's beautiful that you're able to to mentor and share. Um, one another with the experiences that you've received, but even just mm-hmm. how the Lord's working and walking. And, you know, our mission here is to walk with Jesus mm-hmm. and with one another as a family striving for holiness, right? Mm. 
all of us are universally called to be holy, right? And then our secondary vocations, whether it be marriage life, priesthood, religious life, these are paths in which we are along the way growing in, in holiness, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're all called to be holy and and we're all called to be as a family <laughs> together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and to be able to just walk with with people and, and with others as a family, striving for holiness, right? And that's that's our mission. And yeah. that's what Jesus did. He he said, Come follow me. And so he literally walked with his disciples and just journeyed with them and listened, I think mm-hmm. is is quite important. And listening in an intentional way of 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 how the Holy Spirit is moving. Mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I see too, just from like an outsider looking in, I feel like you have a heart for not just evangelization of this parish or revitalization of this parish, but for the entire city of Hedo. Mm. I just, I, I feel like you're doing a lot of outreach of getting out there to like just show people, hey, like we're over here, you know? Yeah. And the, um, what really stood out to me is a friend told me about going to the, uh, festival and praying with people. Yes. So yes. what a beautiful. Oh yeah. Share about that. Lindsay yeah. told us, and she said it was like the most moving, like moment to be able to pray with people. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we had there was a recent uh, fest. I think a fall uh, city mm-hmm. event, and uh, just right here in our little downtown uh, space there, and this was pretty neat because yeah, we just. The Lord just said, just pray, pray for my people and just ask mm-hmm. what we can pray for you. So mm-hmm. what we did, we had a booth and it was quite amusing because we had one of our gifts here er, is to be welcoming, right? So right. Mm-hmm. we hope mm-hmm. that you are feel welcome, feel loved, receive Jesus because you're part of the family. That's our promises here. And one of them, so being out there actually on the street with the little tent and it was quite amusing because the Knights of Columbus helped set it up. And they brought out our feather flags. So we have these feather flags that we post outside, actually, because when you drive by our parish, we, it doesn't look like a church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks like a barn, essentially, but it doesn't <laughs> It doesn't look like it. it there's, like, no bell tower. Yeah. There's no yeah. dome. There's no distinguishing Catholic church features. And so one way was to try to share. So we had these feather flags, right? And so, so what was interesting, um, they had placed out – we had two sets. One says St. Patrick Catholic Church and it has our logo. The other one says welcome, also salve and benvenidos, right? Mm-hmm. So they just placed the, the welcome flag and in front of the booth. And and so all day, you know, there's we have our parishioners that are at this booth and just inviting, you know, where we would like to pray for you. Is there anything you'd like prayers for? And so we people just asked for prayers for certain things and just prayed over one another and so mm-hmm. and so forth. And after that event, it was quite amusing. One of our parishioners came out to me and said, you know, Father, you know, there was this church at this festival, <laughs> and they were just praying for people, and it was so powerful. Like, can we do that? <laughs> and, awesome. and I go, That's awesome. that was actually us. <laughs> They're like, I didn't know. I was oh, like, it's okay. Yeah, they didn't put, well, the thing is because they didn't put out the, the St. Patrick yeah, church right. thing. But anyway, so, but no, but that's, but it's so simple, right? And, right. Uh, but, yeah. but that's one of our gifts. I mean, we've all been baptized, right? And so, right. so when we return back to the gift of the sacrament of being baptized as a beloved 
daughter, beloved son of God, we share in Jesus' priesthood, prophet, and kingship. Mm-hmm. And so we have the gifts, and then many of us have been confirmed, and so we have the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. Mm-hmm. And so we we have the authority to pray over people. We have the authority to, yeah. to preach and proclaim truth mm-hmm. and, and to offer sacrifice, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we are the, the yeah. children of God. And right. so, um, so, yeah, so that, that's... That's one of the things that, you know, we're, we're just really just going back to the basics of of what did the early disciples do. And and to be quite frank, we're in that age. We're in what's called the apostolic age mm-hmm. where many of us have been grown up in the Christendom mm-hmm. age where culture, society was, was Christianized. But what we're experiencing is this drastic change mm-hmm. of, of culture, of of living in general and and to be able to respond in a way to where just surrendering to the Holy Spirit and I would imagine one one way to show that the love of God is being expressed and evangelized is again I'm sure those early disciples and apostles were just filled with such joy and they couldn't mm-hmm. contain themselves yeah. and I'm sure yeah. people thought they were crazy because because they were just so happy, right? right? And but joy is contagious and and evangelizes to an extent that gives people hope, right? Yeah. And yeah. and that's the thing. Like we need to be apostles of joy, right? Mm-hmm. Disciples of joy, mm-hmm. and to okay. share with others. Because what is going to convince that person that? that they need right or and other than seeing you very joyful is i think one way of evangelizing towards others and i and that's when i arrived is (laughs) just to speak to some of you know our gifts here so we have gifts of hospitality gifts of service as well as gifts of faithfulness um because like you said megan like a lot, not that many people knew that, that we were out here, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I get it because, again, we don't – our building doesn't look like a church, mm-hmm. and you can just drive by, and, yeah, and, yeah, and we're, we're just out here. Um, but, I, but I think one of the things is, is, too, is just the gift of hospitality. I think mm-hmm. our Lord was very much so a gentleman of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and even just reflecting more and more, um, going back to the family – is in sacred scripture, you see our Lord venturing off to the city of Bethany, right? Mm-hmm. And and there's a family there that he confided in and he rested with and literally was able to lay down his hair and take off his sandals and mm-hmm. just be for a reason. And, and I really think it's because he was able to get away from the city of Jerusalem and spend time with a family that was striving for holiness. And one of that is Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. And he loved this family so much that out of all the sacred scripture, I'm sure he wept a lot, but but the shortest verse in all sacred scripture is Jesus wept. And who did he wept for at the death of his friend Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so this family had a particular place in, in our Lord's heart for a reason. And I, and I think it's because Mary, Martha, and Lazarus showed him hospitality and 
and in return, uh, they were able to to express the love of, of God in a joyful way, even in just the day-to-day family life, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say, yeah. right? Um, but even when we think about the Trinity, it's a family, yeah. the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah. One yeah. thing that Kendra's yeah. taught me really well, hold on, I want, sure. I want to brag on you for a second before <laughs> you ask whatever you're about to ask. Um, she has a very beautiful family, right? Six mm-hmm. kids, husband who's very involved in ministry, and, and they just live out their faith. And she's taught me to invite people into that, mm-hmm. especially young adults. Like every once in a while, she'll just randomly invite a whole slew of young adults to come <laughs> and be great. a part of her family. And she doesn't like make a big fuss about you know cleaning everything up perfectly or having this beautiful dinner. It's just... Like, hey, come cut potatoes and be part of what we're doing. And mm-hmm. and I think it's such a huge witness. And we walked into the um, chapel just a minute ago. And did you notice there was a bunch of young adults sitting in there yes, in the middle I of the did. day? I was like, where did they My come from? Me we're, too. we're in a <laughs> suburb. Like, <laughs> and it's just so beautiful, this idea that yeah. they can be a part of the family too and to be able yeah. to see it. Anyways, I just want yeah. to brag on you for a second. Oh, thank you. You're very <laughs> kind. Thank you. Um, so what I was going to ask was mm-hmm. so, some reoccurring themes that I'm hearing from you. Our simplicity mm-hmm. and childlike faith, mm-hmm. um, accompaniment, mm-hmm. and just welcome and welcome, yeah. and all those are are like you said, just simple ways of evangelization. And mm-hmm. I want to tie that into the Eucharistic revival mm-hmm. that's that's happening, and we're super excited about how 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 can we bring those together? Yes, that's a big question. <laughs> it is. A- Great question. You can but tell it's been stirring in our hearts a lot lately. Like, yeah. how do we make this happen? How yeah. can we support yeah. our parish priests? But I don't know, it's, just, it's quite simple, too. I think it's going back to the basics. What I mean by that is, so one of the things I'm quite excited about is, is the fact that we are going to be doing some processions. Yes, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> so, so our parish, you know, it was... A little hesitant at first, but I, I just said, you know, but this is how we can evangelize. This is how we share yeah. our faith yes. with what's going on in these processions. And living in, in, in Europe, I mean, they love their processions, but <sighs> but it makes sense because that's how they were able to express their faith right. publicly, right? right. Um, and their love and yeah. devotion to the Lord and the Holy Eucharist. And so mm-hmm. so that's one one aspect that I would I would say is a public procession right mm-hmm. are you talking like through but, the streets of the town right through our neighborhood? yeah, yeah. Like, eventually we... yeah exactly and so but, but during we have the this... pandemic priests did that around the country they would process through neighborhoods yeah. and that was always yeah we live real close to st william and i thought yeah. maybe he'll come here. maybe they'll bring jesus <laughs> down our street it never happened yeah but that's beautiful yeah when i was inside at st albert we the lord said i want to be with the people and oh, so oh so we did so we had that was that was interesting because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah what we did we yeah, we had a Eucharistic procession on a trailer, flatbed, and we had this route. And so, so you know, technology is amazing nowadays. And mm-hmm. so we pretty much just posted the QR code to the route. And so people can come out and follow the route of the procession, the Eucharistic procession on this trailer, like going That's out amazing. into the neighborhood. So little stuff like that, I think, inspires people to... To question, right? right? Like, yeah. what are they doing? Yes, like, and I think deep down it stirs <laughs> like, the reality of yeah, who it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Being processed, exactly. And so, so that's one aspect. You know, for me, being a priest and and just, I know for me, I've grown 
and fallen in love with the Lord in the Eucharist. And mm-hmm. I think, I think, being able to really just spend time mm-hmm. with the Lord and will re-enkindle people's love for the Eucharist. But I, but also think the reverence that we we show mm-hmm. to our Lord who's truly present in the Eucharist is is also key as well, mm-hmm. uh, because if if people just see that oh yeah we can we can just take this bread and and just receive receive our lord right and in a way that is is not awe inspiring then mm-hmm. of course they're not going to mm-hmm. understand right. um, but if there's a sense of you know beauty attracts we're attracted to beautiful things like a, a sunset right mm-hmm. or a sunrise or just things that are a reflection of god but going back to the simple basics of yeah, expressing our faith with the Eucharist procession, or um, even just spending time in the chapel. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, we, we can come to adoration where Jesus is exposed, you know, in, in the monstrance, but even just in the tabernacle, I mean, he's there. Mm-hmm. You can still adore our Lord, right uh, there. And I think just a greater return to recognizing that the Lord is is really. Mm-hmm present. And I, I think maybe another way is to read up on uh, some Eucharistic miracles. I mean, yeah. There's just been so many beautiful times that the Lord has scientifically and, and physically expressed like he is present in the yeah. Eucharist. Do you have any uh, favorite? Um, let's see. I mean, the one in Siena is quite quite remarkable. I've never heard of that one. That's so I cool. haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite one is the one that, that founded the feast day of Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. And so, so this was, it's one of my favorites because it, it deals with the conversion, I guess maybe reversion of a, of a priest who mm-hmm. was doubting the presence of the Lord in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so of course, God and his his wisdom, obviously. Um, so like, I don't know don't if you've heard I about exist, this one. Let me yeah, show you. Exactly. <laughs> so, literally, quite literally. So the priest was going through the rigmarole of, of the mass, right, and gearing up for the consecration prayers. As as the priest lifted up the host, it started to bleed, blood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and then the blood stains that remained on the corporal can be venerated in uh, Orvieto is the city in Italy. And it's till, till this day, you could see the blood stains of the corporal wow. of where this host bled. Wow. Right. And, and that, you know, the, the Lord performs many miracles, even, even in the mass. I mean, yeah. receiving the Eucharist is a miracle in itself. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there's, there's, those ways, um, I'd also encourage folks to to read the, the readings and teachings of the church on the Eucharist. There's so mm-hmm. many, mm-hmm. and just to have this head knowledge of the Eucharist, but then spending time with the Lord to bring this head knowledge to the heart, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's that's where I really think it begins. It starts with even just spending one minute of silence. You can spend one minute of silence in the chapel. (laughs) Like, I mean, we can, and, and truly just be intentional about that and, and discipline ourselves to, to spend, spend time with the Lord. 
mm-hmm. I think is quite important. I was thinking about today mm-hmm. when I would teach vacation Bible school, mm-hmm. which is like my favorite thing in the world, is to teach kids um, scripture stories. And on Thursday is always the death and resurrection of Jesus. Always. It's just how they have always written it. And I would, you know, the kids would get all excited about the death of Jesus, and then he resurrects. And one year we like had, um, we had a tomb, and it looked like a body on the table. But when you lifted up the sheet, balloons flew out. It was like this beautiful, like he's oh, risen. I love that. And I would say to them, "Do you want to go see him? Do you? Would you like to see Jesus like in real life today?" Yeah. And they would look at me like, oh, "That's not possible. How would we ever do that?" And I'd say, "He's right over there in the church." And it was like shock and awe every time. Yeah. And I think even as like adults, we forget that we have access to yeah. him truly present. And I was thinking about today in the car, like sometimes we almost kind of draw a distinction between the Eucharist. And Jesus, like as if it's yeah. not the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like a theological concept of something we receive at mass versus a person who we can go and spend time with and see face to face. Right. And so yeah. I kind of thought, well, maybe that's like the focus that we need to just really put our hearts in for the yeah. next year is the catechesis is beautiful. And the more we know about him, the more mm-hmm. we'll understand him. Right. right. But the encounter piece, mm-hmm. right. the like looking mm-hmm. into his eyes yeah. and feeling that moment of encounter and making that a regular habit. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, bringing that back to Mass with us, yeah. too. This past yeah. Sunday, after receiving the Lord and coming back to my pew, I didn't have any little people with me. Uh-huh. We had a tag team Mass. You went all by yourself? Well, I had an old You had big people. Okay. Yeah, so it's okay, you know. Um, yes. But I was able to really impressed. dive into that quiet time afterwards. And um, I've never, I mean, I've known that in that time, him and I are one. Mm-hmm. Reunited, but I've never really sat and meditated and quietly on it, and it was so um, just humbling and powerful all at the same time that he just gave himself so abundantly in a such a mind blowing way that I just get to see I, I I get to sit and be completely united, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. completely united. Yeah, you know. That was what the Lord put on my heart last night when I was praying. Really? We sound really like <laughs> very deep right now. But it was this idea of, it was the first joyful mystery of the, uh, no, not the first, the third. It was uh-huh. Jesus' birth. Okay. And I just had this huge overwhelming moment of he loved us so much. Like God deeply, deeply loved us so much that he gave us this child, this baby, this beautiful mm. baby that he knew would someday die. Mm-hmm. in a par- painful, awful way so that we could receive him in Mass on Sunday. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Because he loved us so much, he never wanted to leave us abandoned. He never wanted to leave right. us alone. And so he gave us this this way to, one, be reunited with him forever in heaven, right. and two, live with him day to day. And how we miss that last piece of, like, right. it's a daily way for us to just be in communion and union with him. Right. Mm-hmm. I never have those kind of moments praying the rosary, so it was like a, like a really exciting <laughs> thing. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I was yeah. like, oh, and, look and, at that. That's cool. And that's, and that's, it's deep, but it's also so simple. Right. Mm-hmm. And the I simplicity love, of it. Yeah. And I love your, um, your mode of how you are evangelizing this parish and enlivening them and allowing them to journey alongside one another so that people who don't have little children in their lives mm-hmm. that can remind them like, oh yeah, mom, that's Jesus. Hello. You don't know that. You know? <laughs> um, so they, they can be around children who just naturally have that faith in mm. anything that you tell them is true to re-enkindle that mm. childlike faith mm-hmm. in them as well. It's really, really beautiful. Yeah. 
we can go even deeper and even Let's more simple, it. too. Cause, <laughs> I like that, deeper know, and more simple. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that you mentioned, Megan, is you know when we go to the, the Eucharist, and or maybe in adoration as well, when Jesus exposed there, yes, we adore and we see and we look at Jesus, but have we ever thought that he's also adoring mm-hmm. and seeing us? Yeah. You have it? <laughs> That's funny because, no. yes, I do. Yes. I know he like, sees me and delights me, but yeah. like, that's a whole new level. But he he does, mm. and he's, he does see you. And and so so I just encourage and invite everyone mm. to, to, yeah, we, we come and adore and we give praise, but also he's also adoring mm. and giving praise that you're there. And, what a good gift to give our kids. You, right? Yes. And, and how beautiful it is, too, because let's go even deeper and simple. When we take the root word of Eucharist, mm-hmm. it's thank you. Mm, it's Thanksgiving, thank you. right? I mean, in Greek, ephatastol is the, how does one can say thank you? And so the Greek root is Eucharist. Mm. And so, yes, we come to Mass. It's the highest form of prayer and Thanksgiving, but also it's a way for us to, yes, to say thank you, but it's also God's way of saying thank you, thank you. Mm. For for being there and and receiving me, wow! In a way as I well. I love that. What is you? Like what? That would be such a great. Bye guys, thing go to, to the chapel. That'd <laughs> <laughs> be so great to teach our kids though, of like yeah. just how much he desires their presence, how yeah. he wants yeah. them there in the mass, and he loves to see their little faces and how you know their reverence and their yeah. beauty and their excitement. Like we always tell the teens that there's like a party going on in heaven whenever. <laughs> Whenever one of them goes to confession, yeah. or but like to really think about like Jesus yeah. being so thankful that they're there, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like that would be so much more encouraging for them. When I talk to young girls um, about their self worth and mm-hmm. self identity and stuff, I, I, at one talk one time I brought a drawing that my kid did, and you cannot tell what it is, right? But my kid knew exactly what it was, <laughs> yeah. and if I were to say um, thank you, this is great, and then like stash it away because it's not really pretty art or whatever. You know, it's not ordered, and I can tell distinctly what it is. It would break his heart, mm-hmm. and and I liken that to God, the Father. Um, he delights in you so much because He created you just how you're supposed to be, and for you to look at yourself in the mirror and to say, "I don't like this part about me. Mm-hmm. I don't like this part," and just tear yourself apart, just breaks his heart. And and to transfer that into whenever you're in His presence. And he is delighting in you. It's it's that I see you perfectly. Mm-hmm. And to receive it. Yes, and, and to receive, receive that love. It. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I think we do need to go to the chapel. <laughs> yeah, we do. I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that was our, our hope be. for this, is that after these podcasts, you would yeah. want to run yeah. to the yeah. nearest chapel. Yeah. That you would think, like, why don't I spend? And, and yeah. I'm talking to myself. Kendra, me too. Kendra yeah. flat out called me out yesterday and goes, when are you going to get a holy hour? <laughs> I was like, we weren't even talking about that. Where did that come from? She said, what I really like for you the next 90 days is you need to find a holy hour. And I was like, okay. The Holy Spirit told me. You were very intent about it. But so I'm talking to myself too of like. Thank you for lovingly receiving that. (laughs) It was a little out of the blue, but I'll take it um, because it's true. But yeah, like that we would just desire to be in his presence. You know, that it would be something that we look forward to. And and that it's fun. Revival. Maybe I could share an encouragement to you. You know, it's. It's a process and it's right. a mm-hmm. procedure. You know, I lived in Rome and Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And they're, <laughs> right, right. And they're actually still building. So, <laughs> right. And and so, um, yeah, even I just really encourage everyone to, to 
spend time with the Lord and mm-hmm. even if it's a minute, yeah, that's that's great because yeah. that's one minute that you're spending time with Jesus in silence. Mm-hmm. And and I know it's it's challenging nowadays and, and it's can be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, how do I know if if sometimes it's just really dead silent and I, d- I can't receive anything or I'm not hearing anything. And I get that quite often. And, but, but the thing is, it's not about that. It's, it's simply just being in the presence of, yeah. of the Lord yeah. is what it comes down to. And, and a lot of times the Lord will provide you with last second or millisecond graces and he'll mm-hmm. say something and you're like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, right? Um, yeah. But if we're able to just rest in, in the in the Father's presence and mm-hmm. God's presence, even for just thirty seconds, even, yeah. Um, yeah. I think is is worth it because, yeah. mm-hmm. and then you we build up from there, right? And so um, one minute becomes five minutes, and then five minutes becomes ten, and then thirty, and then an hour, and then sometimes even longer, right? Because but that's the thing. Just like with any relationship, you don't share your your heart with someone the first date, right? I'm sure right. when you were yeah. dating your husbands here, right? Yeah. You didn't. There were some things you didn't share on the mm-hmm. first first time, right? Mm-hmm. And so same thing with our Lord. Our Lord's a, Jesus is a person, and yeah. and he wants to walk with you. He wants to share his love with you, uh, but he he's very patient as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. I want to speak, um, the Holy Spirit is kind of prompting me just to, to a little message to our Protestant brothers and sisters, um, that you are welcome and invited to, um, to come to the chapel, come to a chapel, to a Catholic church. Um, some of them have Jesus exposed in the monstrance. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them don't, and that's okay because Jesus is fully present in the tabernacle. And if you look, you'll see a red candle, Mm -hmm. um, just above the tabernacle and it's will be lit. And that tells you that Jesus is there fully present. And, um, I know there can be some trepidation there. There could be some skepticism there. Um, but go with childlike faith and trust, because I guarantee you that what you have heard about the Catholic faith, it's been a misconception Mm -hmm. and, um, to seek, um, clarity. My husband says clarity is charity, (laughs) seek clarity, um, and truth and just go to the source, just Mm -hmm. go and sit with him. Um, say, okay, scripture tells me you're here, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Show me, oh, I like that. let me fill you. Yeah. Um, and if you need a place, if you need to know where to go, message Megan and I, mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll go with you. We'll go with you. <laughs> Amen. So, nice. Yeah, for sure. Great. Awesome. I think we might be running out of our space for I this room. So. We need so to go. Are we good? Okay. Yeah. So let's quickly, what's God doing in your heart? Oh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a real easy question. Would you like one of us to go first? <laughs> we can we can show you how it's done. I go quickly. Here you go first. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so for me, it's been a beautiful grace. God's kind of given me a bird's eye view of what He has been doing and is doing, and kind of lining things up and the lamp posts that are being lit along my path. Mm. And it's really sweet. I'm just starting to see. And Megan has helped me like. <gasps> look at this and how it's lining up with this. And it's just so fun um, how the Holy Spirit speaks through you, Megan. And um, it's just really sweet to see um, just, you know, that that view from mm-hmm. afar of what he's doing. Your bird, the bird's flying. The bird's flying. Not mm-hmm. the vultures. Yeah, no vultures. Yeah. <laughs> we had a whole thing about vultures the other yeah. day. Oh. So um, <laughs> I, for me, 
there's been a lot. Mm-hmm. Like we were at Chick-fil-A a minute ago. We're like, so yeah. maybe we should think about what God, God's doing in our heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> we've recorded three podcasts in six days, and that's a lot of what God's doing in our heart. Wow. But he has been doing a lot, though. Yeah. And and I think this thing about silence keeps coming up. We had this whole conversation about silence, silence earlier, and I was telling her how wow. I didn't like that. <laughs> so I'll listen to that one. And we just talked about it. Yeah, yes. and then you started talking about it, and I was like, okay. Um, but no, I... I'm feeling that I hear him more now mm-hmm. and in a stronger way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're about to start Fiat 90, which is like Magnify mm-hmm. 90 and yeah, Exodus and all yeah. the things. And I just really feel like he's saying, by the end of this, I want you to hear me even greater. Mm-hmm. And I want to have more say in your life and be more just active part of, of who you are. And so, I don't know, I'm just finding that there's a, a, a kind of like a special place in my heart that I can kind of go to and I could hear him now, which I never mm-hmm. had that before. And I love it. (laughs) It's like my favorite thing. Um, But just thinking about what you were saying earlier about how walking into an adoration chapel can be hard for some people. I just just made me think of this. Like I remember what it felt like to walk into an adoration chapel, and it was so quiet. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. silence was deafening. Like I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know how to pray, and I didn't know how to order my thoughts for especially an hour. But even five minutes felt like an eternity. Mm -hmm. So I guess my message is that there's hope like if that's who you are that's who i was Mm -hmm. and um god can do so much with an open heart and a yes and so just hang in there um but now i'm getting to the point where i walk into that adoration chapel and we're instantly in that moment where i can hear Mm -hmm. him and i can see him and it's man it's my best it's the best (laughs) anyways that's great i guess that's what god's doing in my heart i'm not sure if that's really a thing but yeah how about you what's god doing in your heart great so thank you for the examples Uh, it's a little better than just throwing yeah, it the wall. Yeah. We forgot to tell you that we do that at the no, end. I told him. Okay. Oh, okay, you did. Okay, mm-hmm. good. That's great. Um, so one of the things that that I learned, you know, from one of the, our families here at, at St. Patrick, it, they do a beautiful tradition is where I think maybe y'all have heard of her little uh, saint generator, Jennifer Oh, Jennifer Wilders, yeah. Her little saint thing. And then, uh, but they add another element to it is a word for the year, uh-huh. right? And and so so the saint, I did the saint generator and providentially the saint that I acquired was Saint Elizabeth. So oh. the mother of John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And this is providential because my new niece and nephew who were adopted, we're actually born on St. Olivia's feast day, which oh, is November 5th. Wow. So that was really neat. And so she's interceding and praying for me. And I'm looking forward to walking with her and through through this next year. And the word that I that came was truth. Oh. And so yeah. <laughs> so I like that. What I, yeah, and it's been. Was such that a, through the, the word generator or word like generator. the word generator? Okay, because I get weird ones with the word generator. No, Mine's like I, I got one that was like wet or something. Like it was like weird words. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. exactly. But I like that. You got yeah. a good one. Yeah. So I, truth. And so that's really been on my heart and the Lord just, again, reclaiming truth and, mm-hmm. and returning back to truth. And he is the truth, the way, the truth and the life. Mm. Right. And so, and I think it's, it's definitely needed, especially in our society now where there's mm-hmm. a lot of us have been hurt by the mis mishandling of truth or even just what mm-hmm. is truth or um and not trusting others and sure. and you know from all facets of of life um from everything right um but it's the lord who is truth right and he's the one that is the way the truth and the life and mm-hmm. so so that's how he's been working in my life and awesome. it's 
That's beautiful. It's been really powerful. Yeah. That's so fun. <laughs> too, so, and just exciting as well. So, that's cool. Yeah. Do you have a saint yeah. for the year, Kendra? No. We both have words for the year. Yeah, we do, oh, I, I do words. Do the but... I need some saints. Blessed yeah. Carlo Acutis. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. He may be our, our guy this year. Yes. Yeah. I think so. That's yeah. really cool. Because he's going to be the patron of the Eucharistic Revival, awesome. which I think is fantastic yes. because what better for kids yeah. than to point to a child who loved the Eucharist and loved Jesus truly present. Like, so, I just right. love that so much. Yeah. All right. Well, this was so fun. I, I feel like, feel like I could ask you 7 million more questions. Can glory be? Because I just want to say enough Or, like, let him and... pray over us. Yes, well, for sure. Yeah. Okay. I shouldn't be stepping in. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just really am just in awe of what God did in this podcast. I but just love it so much. I would much. say you should be stepping in because... Again, you've been baptized. Oh, so I love that. Thank you. You <laughs> are a prophetess, right? Like, Aww. no, like seriously though, like, yeah. and that's the truth. We we have a lot of us forget that we have been baptized, and mm-hmm. we gotta proclaim the truth. We gotta pray over people. We have to offer sacrifice, and mm-hmm. and y'all share in Jesus' common priesthood, right? It's mm-hmm. that's why you come to mass because you offer sacrifice to, in the altar as well. So, oh, I too. love that so and much. So, yeah. Thank you for that yeah. affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. That, we're both in a process right now of um, learning to healing prayer ministry sure. at Saint Albert, and that just feels very. Yeah. Yeah. We're both very craving. affirming. So the next session is on authority, our authority, mm-hmm. and we're both, I think craving that message to be given the authority Mm -hmm. to be able to step into what we're called to do yeah yeah that's cool thank you we appreciate that you're welcome (laughs) you're welcome okay let's pray and the father son holy spirit amen good gracious god we just thank you thank you thank you especially for the amount of gifts you continue to lavish upon us as your beloved children as your beloved daughter as beloved son Lord Jesus, we continue to ask that you may remain with us, stay with us, rest with us, especially as we live for you and for your greater glory. Give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the hope to grow in greater love, especially in your presence in the Holy Eucharist, as well as Holy Spirit, inspire us. Give us the courage to proclaim the truth of the great love that you have, that you did come to save us and continue to save us every day. And so, Father, we come before you as your daughters and sons, continue to ask for your graces upon us as we pray. All glory be to the Father, Father, to the the Son, to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and ever ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. This was amazing. Thank, Thank you so you. much. You're welcome. And yeah. next week we have Father Charlie, which is awesome. Yes, yeah. he's great Previous too. Previous pastor. Yeah. So yes. we're excited. All right. Thanks, guys. I Thank hope you. that you guys yeah. are encouraged, inspired to grow closer to our Lord yeah. um, in the Eucharist and Mass and adoration and just sit at his feet this yeah. week. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Wasn't he fun? I just love his use of Lego as evangelization. Such a fun idea, and the kids just love it. So thank you. He was so much fun, and he's for sure coming back again soon. I want to give you one more thing before you leave. We have a His Beloved Women's Night of Adoration coming up soon. It is called Set Free. 
and it's going to be at St. John Vianney and Round Rock. Tickets are on sale. They are $15 until February 1st, and then the price goes up to $20. Dinner will be served. There's going to be fellowship, community, adoration, worship, led by James Longoria, who is the best. And the speakers will be Kendra and I, and we are talking about identity and resting in Jesus and being set free from all the things that bind us, that hold us back, that keep us from being who God has created us to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be beautiful. And I am really, really hopeful that you will see Jesus, hear Jesus, and that we will 100% point you towards him. All right, guys, see you next week.